Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Part two of the same ordinance, or, or in the same ordinance, will we'll include some parking changes. What we ended up with is working with single-family homes to, to try to get a minimum of three parking spaces. And then as we go up to more than that in bedrooms, to try to get one more, one more, as best you can. So remember I uh, told you before that we had this uh, conversation about interconnectivity, and then there was another part of it for the Land Development Code in Escambia County. This is the other part of it, which is parking requirements around new construction. Joy Blackman, County Engineer for Scambia County, talking about this. And, you know, one part of it is that single family need to have three parking spaces, like, for example, a single car garage and then a um, driveway that'll handle two cars. You know, off the street parking is what she's talking about, something that capacity needs to be available. Uh, This is the proposal, okay? And a couple of other elements. The multifamily um, also struggling with these changes because they were at one and a half. I still don't know what a half a car looks like, but it's not going to work very well when you're running down the road. Two spaces minimum, and that's been a, that's been struggle for for some of them. I, and I freely admit it for you. Um, and then we wanted to look at dorm style. If they're honestly going to be dorms, then they need one per bed, not bedroom per bed. How many beds are you going to set up? Right. So again, here the idea is that if you have a single family dwelling, then it's three cars per plus. If you have extra bedrooms, like a four-bedroom house would need to have four, right? That's the theory. And if it's going to be an apartment complex of some kind, then if you've got 30 apartments, what it had been before is 45 cars, a car and a half. Now, she's joking about the half a car, but it's the average, right? You're going to have one to two cars per unit, and that's where the one and a half came from. But, you know, she says, look, it's it's really more like it's got to be two, you know, per apartment. And if it's going to be dorms, then, you know, you're talking about like, and this is particularly getting at the issue of like campus housing, particularly where there's been all these cars parked up on the side of the street, up on the, I mean, it's crazy. If you drive up university uh, toward um, uh, UWF, it's insane because the apartment complex is there on the left-hand side. Uh, the west side did not do enough parking. I mean, really badly did not do enough parking. And that's been not the only source of irritation. There's all kinds of problems around the county with this, but that's the one that's the most vivid. And uh, so they talked about, you know, this idea is basically raise the level of parking because if you don't have parking capacity on your new build, then where do they park? Well, they park in the street. And if they're parked in the street, then they're interfering with, you know, street traffic and or creating safety or they have like, you know, on UWF, then they're parking down the way on the right of way. And that's not good either. And, you know, if you've ever lived in multifamily housing of any kind, you know that having a designated parking space for your place is really vital. <laughs> and if you have only one and you have two cars, well, that's a problem. And as uh, Commissioner Barry pointed out a little bit later on in the conversation, you know, it's one thing to put the requirement on people for, you know, themselves. But uh, what about when you've got other people that are coming over and, you know, you need to have surge capacity basically for parking too, Right. You know, just like you have in your house, you've got, say, let's say a double car garage, two car garage, and then two cars you can park in your driveway without interfering with the sidewalk. And then you've got street parking, too, but you don't want to depend on that all of the time, right? Young people that are living in those apartments with nowhere to park. Um, They have four bedroom apartments with one and a half parking spots. And, you know, uh, the math just 
that math doesn't work. Um, you incorporate the aspect of uh, you know girlfriend boyfriend being at the being at the apartment, um, you know sleepovers those kind of things, and now you're sleepovers. I don't I don't know what number you're talking about of vehicles being there, but it's it's four or five five and a half. It is it is a number that are that are there when we're allowing or only requiring one and a half parking spots. Yeah, I mean exactly. This is a challenge for public safety. This is a challenge for the people who live there as well because. Just like any other infrastructure problem is you you buy a place not necessarily thinking to ask the question, but we're going to have sewer service, right? <laughs> you know, but we're going to have a road, right? But you're going to have parking, right? I mean, it is a question you should ask, but it is not a question that's easy. And if the county's basically saying, look, we can solve this problem for people by having a higher parking space requirement with the build. The problem is what? Well, that drives up the cost, as Clint Fisher pointed out. You know, just to give you an example, a 300-unit um, apartment complex under today's code is 450 parking spaces. Under the new proposed code would be 616 parking spaces. So that's 166 parking added parking spaces. Yeah. Multiply that by three to eight thousand dollars per parking spot, depending on if you have to have curb, sidewalk, um, your extra asphalt to back up in makes a huge difference on the square footage. Absolutely, because you're taking basically land away from the builder that they cannot turn into sellable space, right? Because you have to use up so much of your acreage. And also, as um, uh, who was it? Uh, Teresa Blackwell, I think, was the one who pointed out that, and also more asphalt means you know, more floodwater runoff because it's not being absorbed into grass. It's right. Cause that's also a challenge. And I'm not sure. I mean, I, I understand what she's getting at, but if they're trying to build more capacity onto the land, they were going to make it either housing or asphalt to begin with. This is sort of adjusting the ratio between asphalt and housing. And I'm not sure that it makes a difference in terms of overall floodwater and, you know, the requirement that they have to manage floodwater on their site is part of the code anyway. But still, you get the kind of the concern that, that, that she's getting at. So, yeah, if you have all of these extra units and you have to, you know, a requirement for parking spaces and each one costs thousands of dollars, and especially if you go from the, you know, one and a half now to per bedroom, you know, 50% at one bedroom, 45% at two or three bedrooms, uh, or 5% at three bedrooms, and then that's not like, that turns into 700 parking spaces now. So this is the challenge is you're putting cost on the builder, and you say, well, who cares about the builder? Well, the builder passes the cost along to the buyer. And if we're talking about creating housing that is within people's purchase range, adding parking is a way of adding cost. Right? Government action comes at a cost. The cost here is we're going to mandate convenience and public safety, theoretically. You know, that's the goal. And then on the back end, well, that means the cost goes up. So is that a fair trade-off? Is that the right trade-off? We'll come back to this in just a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Well, I'm not seeing any major accidents or slowdowns to report this morning. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90 through Pace, we're looking good there. And Highway 29 south through Cantonment is accident-free. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, back to this discussion about new parking regulations uh, under the Land Development Code in Escambia County. Uh, Tom Hammond of Hammond Engineering says, you want to make us provide more parking for townhomes, you're crazy. Townhomes. Townhomes are 
what our market is right now is 20 foot wide townhomes and their standards a 16 foot wide driveway we're going to do an 18 foot wide driveway to put them side by side i got an email right here from one of the developers and they're having a hard time with ecua and florida power and light as it is with the four foot we have now with the 16 foot we got a four foot area to put a water service in sewer service in Florida power and light service cox cable <clears throat> so if we take it 18 foot we're really going to restrict it you really just basically got a whole paved front yard. What is, and I mean, I, you're smart enough to understand what he's saying, but the idea is if you require a wider driveway to accommodate two cars so that a townhome now has, you know, a single car garage and two spaces per unit, right? That's kind of what they're talking about. Um, now, and at nine feet wide, that's 18 feet. We're doing it 16 feet. Now you're, you're paving over the area we currently use to have access for the utilities. What are you going to do with that? Look, these are these are all real challenges that these builders face in designing how they're going to use the terrain that they purchase in order to provide housing at a cost that people can afford. Every part of that is important. And remember, Santa Rosa County has been having the same conversation, right? And and in Escambia, what they basically decided in the end was uh, keep working on it. You know, they're they're not committed to this. I actually wonder, and it's kind of an, just a thought that had never quite occurred to me before. It's not entirely clear to me why we don't have a relatively standard LDC across both counties. You know, and I'm not saying like Tallahassee needs to impose it. That's terrible. But it seems to me like if you're a builder, you might build in Escambia and Santa Rosa. You might build in Okaloosa. You might build in Walton. It would be nice (laughs) because all of these counties are facing similar problems, right? It would be nice if there were a standard LDC that everybody operated by. Like, if we could find the answer, maybe we could all use the same answer instead of having everybody come up with their own individual solution. Because each, I I know this because I'm watching both counties all the time, that both counties are struggling with this exact same problem. The exact shape of the problem is just a little bit different with regards to the UWF issue, which, by the way, they suggested, uh, Stephen Berry suggested, maybe UWF should be a special district. Well, yeah, I, I like that idea, actually. You know, don't fix the whole county based on the problems of one locale. But the cat's a bit out of the bag there, too, now. Although there is all that undeveloped space north of Nine Mile that might eventually become more problems. So, anyway, it, this to me is, you know, why is housing cost so much? Why is why are there not more housing units available at a reasonable price? Why do I have to deal with all these parking challenges once I buy something? You know, why is rent so high? Why? Okay, this is why. These are the factors that produce those end problems. And what the commissioners are trying to do, on the one hand, is alleviate the safety and parkability concerns, real concerns, but the trade-off is money. Or you can try to build things that are more affordable, and the trade-off is you're probably going to have public safety and accessibility issues. You might not have sidewalks. You know, like all the other stuff that goes in, this is a balancing act in trying to figure out which problem is more important to solve. 621 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Is your house making you sick? Learn about the hazards lurking in your home that can affect your health due to high humidity levels and excess moisture. High humidity levels and excess moisture inside the home are the leading cause of insect infestation, mold, mildew, musty odors, and fungi, which can result in making you sick. Condensations on windows and vents, blistering or peeling paint, and cupping of hardwood floors are all signs of high humidity levels and excess moisture. Learn more today at 9 on Pep Talk with Lisa Murphy from Southern Climate Solutions. 
Why is Bray Jewelers the best place to buy an engagement ring? Come in and see our selection. I promise you, we have more diamond engagement rings than you'll see anywhere in the panhandle of Florida. But it's what you do for people that they don't expect that they remember. The little things that we do, we want to deliver special experiences for you at Beret. We love doing what we do and we love making people happy. We want every person that walks into the store to feel like you're part of our family. I want everybody to have an amazing experience at Beret Jewelers. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $5 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. It's the beginning of tax season, and scammers know the threat of an IRS audit gets people to pay. Know that the IRS will never initiate contact through email, and any email threatening an audit is just a scam. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. In the world of payroll and HR services, things can get complicated. There are so many moving parts in business. At Avalon HR, we understand these complications and have your back. Join us today at 10 o'clock on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we guide you through the complicated world of payroll and HR services. Running a business is busy work. Allow Avalon HR to work with you. Join us today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 10 on News Radio 1620-923 FM. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. News Radio 92.3 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? You and I were talking off the air, uh, and I thought you had a really good comment, Jake. So uh, what was it? You were, you were talking about parking restrictions or parking requirements, and then if you don't require enough parking spaces, basically when you do new new builds, multifamily townhomes and you know single-family detached, then uh, you know what happens is you have clogged streets and you have people mm-hmm. angry at neighbors and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, Yeah, the, the space on the street is already limited in some of those new subdivisions, and the cars, they'll just park anywhere. Uh, especially some of these homes where, you know, I, I'm just going to call them out. There's, you know, 10 people living there right. or staying there at some point. So all those cars just build up on the road. And then I deliver food at night and on the weekends sometimes. And certain orders I'll just avoid because I don't want to go to certain neighborhoods because it's just so hard to get around and the cars are out in the street. And if there's somebody coming from the other direction, it's really dangerous. And think about that from a public safety, getting a fire truck or an ambulance. Oh, in there. yeah. There's no way. There's yeah. no way. I mean, this is, these these are prob- these are the cascade of problems when you don't do this this right on the front end but again i just want to be clear the do it right on the front end is always a question of money you know wider streets more parking that's more right of way acquisition as somebody puts up that's exactly right you know you're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to do you know the more money you put into the parking and the roads and all that well that's less money to, that's less place to build house on and therefore you have you know exacerbating the affordable housing crisis. I'll give you, you know, just a, kind of another sort of example is um, people sometimes find it annoying, like if you live in an HOA, that they might have restrictions on, for example, um, you know, renting those houses out. Because, he's like, I own the property, why can't I rent it? Well, okay, I understand. Um, but rental properties are just different. The Typically, the caliber of the people who live in rental housing is different than the people who own and also, look, you know, we had in our neighborhood, we had a rental house for a long time that's now become, I think, just a, somebody owns it and lives in it. Um, but it was rented to some UWF students. 
and it was, I think it's a three-bedroom, okay? But they had eight cars. <laughs> because Stephen Barry's exactly right. By the time you get done with the, the residents, they're friends, and it's usually more than just three per room. You know, they're double bunking it up. So then the girlfriends are over or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, on a street where nobody really parks in the street because they have, you know, two or three garages and driveways, now all of a sudden you've got cars in the street at an intersection where, in this particular case, it happens to be where the buses go through there. And now the buses can't do as well. And I mean, these are problems created by not mandating a certain level of requirement for parking. But also, I mean, how much can you really mandate? Because in this case, you've got a single family home that just people are using in an unorthodox way, and that produces the parking problems. And granted, if you've ever lived in a big city, our parking problems are pretty small <laughs> compared to New York, Chicago, right? Okay. But we do have these problems, not just downtown, right? Residences too, because we have a car culture. Car culture is not going anywhere real soon. How do we solve around that? Growth carries costs, right? Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Um, this uh, traffic report is brought to you by Knox Pest Control. I'm not seeing any major accidents reported by FHP at the moment. And looking at the maps, I don't see any major congestion or slowdowns to tell you about. It looks like Highway 98 is looking good through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90 through Pace, I don't see any accidents along your way. Highway 29 South through Cantonment and Inslee is flowing. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking and clear. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. Knox Pest Control, their family serving your family since 1929. For information on a free pest or termite quote, visit knoxpest.com. Knox knocks them out. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Hey, if you got to get work done on your import, your BMW, Porsche, Mercedes, Genesis, Jaguar, your Lexus, you might think, well, I got to pay more. I got to go to the dealership. And if that dealership's a ways away, that's just the way it is. It's not. It's not. You can go to Bobby Likes Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. They work on those imports all the time. They work on domestics, too. I mean, it's not a problem. Um, you know, gas engines, diesel engines. Again, diesel something not everybody's so comfortable with, but they work on those, too. No problem. Their philosophy is they want to see you for the routine stuff, the boring little stuff to prevent the big stuff. Because, you know, it might seem boring and it might seem routine, but it is. It, that's how you prevent the big expensive things that you don't want to have to do on the catastrophe that, you know, ruins your week, basically. Bobby Likas Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. 628, we've got Steve Taylor in the newsroom with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning and happy Valentine's Day. President Biden says history is not going to look kindly on House Republicans for impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Republicans accused Mayorkas of failing to enforce immigration law at the southern border. Biden issued a statement after the vote calling it an unconstitutional part uh, partisanship and a petty political game. Ukraine's reportedly destroyed another Russian military ship in the Black Sea. A Ukrainian defense official claims the operation was carried out by Ukraine's military intelligence agency. The official said the Russian landing ship was attacked by Ukrainian drones and sank to the bottom of the sea. And it's shaping up to be a record year for spending on Valentine's. Well, that's according to the National Retail Federation. It says consumers plan to spend about $25.8 billion, the third highest in the survey's history. 62% of consumers ages 25 to 34 intend to celebrate this year more than any other age group. And the consumers are expected to spend $185 each on average. So how do you guys rate on that? How much you're spending versus the average? <laughs> Basically, that's $8 more than the average Valentine's Day spending over the last five years. People are spending money. Got to buy those roses. You bet. And that's what's happening. All right, Steve, thanks so much for the update. Oh, this made me laugh. You know, Romy White publishes South Santa Rosa News, good friend of the, the show. Um, 
It covers Santa Rosa County really well. Um, you know, the Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, you know, meme? The, the little scuffle? Yeah, yeah where it, it, Travis Kelsey is yelling at Andy Reid right in his face. Mm-hmm. Um, she, <laughs> she captioned that with, Andy Reid is the duly elected Santa Rosa leaders, and Travis Kelsey is the pitchfork posse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the most accurate thing I've seen in a long time. That's funny. All right, 6.30 here on News Radio 92.3. Be listening because we have uh, Pensacon tickets to give away. A pair of tickets to Pensacon later. Not right now, later. And also the Furball. The uh, Humane Society's Furball is coming up Saturday, March 16th. Black Tie Affair at the Pensacola Yacht Club. Find out more at NewsRadio92.3.com. And we'll be back with our interview with the head of the EMS union, the president. Coming up next, Chad Stimmel. I'm Gianna Gelosi. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas impeached over the border crisis. Yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. It is the first time a cabinet secretary has been impeached in 148 years. Soon the ball is going to be in the Senate's court. The trial is likely to begin later this month, which will ultimately determine whether he will be removed from office. The results are in. Democrat Tom Suozzi won the special election in New York's 3rd District, replacing George Santos and returning to the seat he held for three terms, sending a message to the House majority. Stop running around for Trump and start running the country. He defeated Republican Mozzie Pillup. This brings the balance of power in the House to 219 Republicans to 213 Democrats with three vacancies. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning at 631, 41 degrees and clear right now. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Pensacola's planning board is signing off on, a, on conceptual plans for a Twin Tower condo development on East Gregory Street. We've got 1.8 acres, so that's 180 dwelling units. Um, we're proposing 96 units. There's been some confusion about that. Uh, it's 48 units per building. We're about half of what um, the max density allowed is. That's Philip Partington with SMP Architecture. The plans call for each tower to house 48 units on the property at 920 East Gregory Street. Last year it was put on the market by Coldwell Banker for $2.9 million and currently it shows as sale pending. Tomorrow and Friday survey teams will be back at Miller Park after finding at least 45 burials back in November. This is to survey the east side because of the proximity of, of um, some of the uh, what was discovered being close to the the boundary of the original area. Mayor D.C. Reeves says those teams used ground penetrating radar to confirm the burials, but it seems likely there are additional sites to be found as crews are only able to survey the western half of the park last year. We're learning more about the suspect involved in a manhunt that ended up in Santa Rosa County and ultimately caused major delays on I-10 on Monday evening. 28-year-old Michael Nazario was charged with felony battery, two misdemeanor simple assaults, and resisting an officer. Escambia Sheriff Chip Simmons told News Radio, uh, This one happened to be at Burlington Coat Factory. We get a call that there was a potential kidnapping that took place at the, the coat factory up there. So uh, we, were, we were responding up there. By the time we got there, um, the vehicle had left. Um, but FHP made what they thought was an unrelated uh, traffic stop with a reckless driver on Interstate 110. 
A manhunt involving deputies from both Escambia and Santa Rosa County, along with FHP, ensued and ended up near Avalon Boulevard. Nazario was taken into custody shortly before 8 p.m. on Monday. Since the tragic Surfside condo collapse in 2021, Florida lawmakers have passed several laws to improve safety. Yesterday, the Senate Appropriations Committee advanced a bill that would help strengthen the power of condo boards and residents. We did a lot in condos the last few years. So as those decisions are being made, it was really important that we gave these boards and the owners, the tools and the safeguards to be able to sort of navigate this new world. Senator Jennifer Bradley says Senate Bill 1178 also requires mandatory continuing education for condo board members. Looks like a beautiful morning, a little chilly. Let's check the forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. A nice sunny day for your Valentine's Day. Temperatures around 63 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 43. As you go into Thursday, sunshine continues with a high near 66. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 49. Some rain chances build in for the end of your work week with a 20% chance of rain on Friday, mostly in the evening hours. High on Friday near 66 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, let's check in with Jake Walker for traffic on the fives. Good All morning. Right. Good morning. This traffic report is brought to you by Barberry Plumbing. Not seeing any major accidents or slowdowns to tell you about. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Nine Mile not showing any issues. Mobile Highway is clear through Beulah. No, delay, uh, no delays on Burgess or Olive. Davis Highway is clear from the I-10 overpass through Creighton, Britton, Fairfield. And we're looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. Uh, looking over here, Gulf Breeze in Navarre, uh, 98. We're looking good there. And uh, in Milton, Caroline Street is clear, as well as Stewart Street uh, checking in without delays. If you see anything out there slowing us down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. When it's time to call a plumber, call the best of the Bay winner, Barberry Plumbing at 477-8782. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks, Jake. Right now, 41 degrees in Pensacola, 42 in Gulf Breeze, and 36 in Milton at 635. Next news is 7, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Lyft shares initially soared yesterday after the ride-hauling company posted its quarterly earnings. The stock then pulled way back after the company's finance chief acknowledged a major typo in the data. Originally, Lyft said it posted a 5% growth for 2024, after which shares soared 60%. The actual increase was 0.5%, which pulled back the stock to a 16% increase. Dole has announced a voluntary recall of various salad kits due to a potential cross-contamination with Rizzo Lopez Foods cheeses recalled for a possible listeria exposure. Eight salad kits were affected by the recall, including Cajun Ranch Chopped Kit and the Dole Chopped Kit Avocado Ranch and others. Dole advises consumers to throw these recalled products away immediately. Futures are slightly higher after stocks tumbled yesterday from a higher-than-expected inflation report. That is your money now. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit starregistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit starregistry.com or call 800-282-3333.
Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Maxed out cards. Rent is due. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. Maybe we should go to 27cash.com. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000, and cash can hit our bank account as soon as tomorrow. When you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary, and you speak of it often, even though you don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis & Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Benakis & Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis & Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, call Benakis & Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, call Benakis & Associates. Now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis & Associates. Leave the numbers to the experts. You love your car or truck, right? We love it too. This is Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories. For a cooler summer and protections from harmful UV rays, we'll tint the windows. For safety and security, we have alarms, backup cameras, and dash cams. And for the most beautiful vehicle on the block, our full detailing service will make it look brand new. We have so many custom accessories, it's impossible to list them all here. So come see us at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories on Industrial Boulevard at W Street, just north of Marcus Point Baptist Church. News Radio Pensacola. Your home for informative, local, and dependable news and talk. Start your mornings off with the award-winning Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jake. Then get informed and laugh from 11 till 2 with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Followed by the Guy Benson Show. Your afternoon drive is anchored by Pensacola Right Now with Joe and Austin. Followed by Dave Ramsey. It's News Radio Pensacola. Heard on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I've been telling you yesterday and today that we were going to have a special interview here at this time, and we do have Chad Stimmel. He is the president of the EMS, uh, the Emergency Medical Service Union here in Escambia County. Chad, welcome to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, thank you for having me, Mr. K. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. So let's just kind of uh, dive into this letter that you guys wrote in response to the vote that you took to have a vote of no confidence in the chief and the deputy chief in EMS. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of things in here, but can, can we just start with this? You basically say in the letter that the problem is Chief Torcell and Deputy Chief Stevens, and that they are the ones that need to go. I'm a listener, okay, and I'm trying to sort through all of this stuff and figure out, you know, where's the problem and who's the source of it. Persuade me. Tell me why you think that changing Chief and Deputy Chief are going to really be the issue here. That's going to really make a difference for us. 
Well, and it stems from them, and I want to say I listened to your your story yesterday, and we understand that this letter seems a little outlandish, a little foolish. There's no way all these things could be happening. All of these things are really going on, and and believe us, we're living them daily. We're seeing them over and over again. Every day it gets worse. We're speechless, um, and we just can't allow that bullying harassment to go on anymore. And, and to us, it starts from the top. Uh, I mean, we saw that uh, Marino last week came on and, and kind of attacked a few members, and that, that's, you know, that's his thing to do. But it shouldn't seem so outlandish and crazy that his administrative team and EMS is doing the same things. Um, they just they promote a organization of bullying and harassment and their way or the highway. And it, it, it starts from them. And I think that, that, that we got to get them out of there. Um, it just comes from the top. I, that's the way it goes. So I, I don't really know Chief Torsell that well. In fact, I was trying to remember. I can't remember for a fact if I've ever talked to him or interviewed him. I may have, I may have not. I just don't remember. But I know Eric Gilmore extremely well. Okay. And, you know, Director of Public Safety Gilmore yes, is, in my opinion, solid, capable, amazing. We're lucky to have him. My fear is that DeSantis is going to steal him at some point from us. Obviously, Torcell <laughs> reports directly yeah. to Gilmore. Have you guys talked with Eric? Where is he in all of this? Is he aware and not doing anything? Not aware, can't fix the problem? Like, it seems to me like instead of going public with a letter, you guys would have gone to him. So, how did that not happen? Well, we, we did speak with him, and we also agree uh, Gilmore is upstanding. We've known him for a long time. Um, we believe that, just like everybody else, the same with the commissioners and, and everybody else, they were fed a web of lies, and you know the wolves pulled, pulled over their eyes, and they believed that everything was right, and it was just a couple of people being upset about different things, and it wasn't the majority of the membership was upset and we, we tried and tried and tried. And I, 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 it just comes down to the fact that they didn't believe us. So they had, they have heard you, but they did not take it as seriously as they needed to. What's the response been in the last week? Cause I know West told me that he would be going to look and see and learn for himself. If the problem is that the information hasn't penetrated above chief Torcell, then he wants to find out. Did that happen? Did he and Eric come and talk with you guys, do interview? I mean, I, you know, where are we at and for, as far as you're concerned about the, you know, finding out the truth of these allegations? Correct. Nobody from the county at, at any level has spoken with us, um, from the commissioners to Gilmore, uh, nobody in administrative offices. We had our in-service last week at EMS at work, our, our um, in-service, in-house training, and during a few of those ep- uh, events, Basically, the team that was leading it just said, it'll get handled unless it's handled. We're not going to be talking about it now. So we have heard nothing from from anybody. Not even, I mean, because some of these commissioners will at least typically, if they hear there's a problem, will at least try to find out more. I mean, I always, and I said this yesterday, I think, you know, Bender was really the best at that. But Kohler, Bragash, Barry, and May, they know how to pick up a phone. And they heard you guys show up at the county commission meeting last week and lay out the problems. And they've obviously been aware of the letter. I mean, nobody contacted you guys to find out the truth of any of this? Correct. We haven't received a phone call, um, emails, anything. And, I mean, they, everybody knows where we work. <laughs> we, we don't have anywhere we can go when we're, when we're not on the clock, which we don't do union business on the clock. But, 
Um, n- nobody's reached out to us. Okay, well, that's discouraging. Um, we're talking to Chad Stimmel. He's the uh, president of the EMS union, and uh, we'll come back to this in just a second. I have a lot more questions, but let's get a real quick traffic on the fives from Jake. Jake? This traffic report brought to you by Mattress Firm. Uh, don't see anything on our roadways this morning slowing you down. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is good, and I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. If you see anything out there, you can always let us know, 437-1620. Don't miss huge limited-time savings on better sleep during Mattress Firm's President's Day sale. Shop in-store today to score a Sleepy's Queen mattress for only $89.99. But hurry, supplies are limited. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, back to Chad Stimmel, the president of the EMS Union. Um, all right, Chad, I'm, I'm going to play the other side here for a minute, and I'm going to say the things that I think they will say or have said and kind of raise the questions with you, and you tell me how you respond. Um, we're in a we're in negotiation period right now, and unions have a history of uh, exaggerating problems because we're in, you know, as a form of negotiating tactic. Uh, you know, we're really, really upset. you got to make it better for us. Do better by us by, with a contract. Your response? Um, this this has nothing to do with the contract, uh, our current CBA contract. It, it has been going on for <clears throat> for a, a year now, but those are the, they're being handled. We go into negotiations, we speak about negotiations, and when we're outside of the negotiations, we're not speaking about that with them. Um, this is this stems from day one with with them, Chief Thorsell, Chief Stevens, and their really lack of humanity towards this organization. And then this has nothing to do with contract negotiations. Uh, the commissioners might well say, or you know, administration might well say, we gave you guys massive pay raises, massive pay raises, in certainly to compete against Lifeguard in Santa Rosa County, and just in general. You know, if pay were the issue back then, the pay issue is not the issue. Uh, are they right? Correct. Um, those pay wages increases that we got. Were, were ultimately needed. We were, I believe that they put us where we should have been. We're the biggest organization in this area. We're the best organization in this area. We should be paid the best. Our benefits should be the best. Our equipment should be the best. We should set that standard for ourselves. But okay. at some point, the lack of being treated like a human outweighs the, the, the amount of pay you can get. So it's it's a it's a culture and tone and treatment is what I'm hearing repeated and, and we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, but I just again, I want to I want to say the things that I think they will say, which is we we have more trucks than we've ever they they've been buying trucks left hand left left and right as fast as they can, and we've got more coming. Uh, so you know, short trucks is apparently not the issue uh and we're at full staffing or close to it you know training our own uh folks and we've got more paramedics and emts we're pretty close to full staffing what's the problem well i i'm not exactly sure how they say we're close to full staffing because there's employees who are unable to take their leave because we're at critical staffing and so their leave gets denied putting it in months in advance comes down to a few weeks to a month before the time that they're supposed to get leave, and they say, oh, sorry, we're critical staffing. I can't let you off. You have to find somebody to work for you. So I don't know where they get the numbers from. I know they've skewed them a little bit by uh, a smoke and mirrors type game where they move some numbers here to put them to the transfer division and put some numbers over there from the part-timers. So I think on paper it looks good, but we are we are nowhere near where we need to be staffed at to and, operate – Dysfunctionally. And if we were, then we wouldn't be having the held calls all the time, right? That, you know, if we had the, I mean, just bare bones, bottom line, if we had enough trucks and we had enough people, 
then we wouldn't have the holding calls, which they're now two weeks in a row not even reporting on the uh, the director's list, uh, the director's report that comes out every week. Um, I want you to take a second, um, Chad, and because I think I didn't understand this, and I think people might understand this, and it was a part of your letter. One of the big stresses is hospital capacity, you know, that you go to a hospital and they're either on diversion, so you can't go there, or you have to hold the wall and wait there with your people, which takes makes every call take longer. But also the transfers from the, like, freestanding ERs over to the regular hospitals, um, it's almost like EMS is two different things. It's the transfers on the one hand, which takes staff and, you know, an ambulance and time, and then the running the calls that come in, which is almost like a separate thing, but if they're treated as one and the resources get shifted over to the transfers part, that creates a problem for the EMS itself, right? It absolutely does. So in 2023, this is all on public records request. 2023, we ran 6,521 transfers uh, that from freestandings, um, from the airport, from different places, but majority of them are the freestandings. Uh, almost a third of those last year were ran by 911 trucks. Um, 1,877 of them were ran by 911 trucks. And if you include trucks that were getting off of uh, extra overtime events or the times where sometimes our supervisors will get on an ambulance to go run transfers and we don't have supervisors available on the road, um, about 2016 of those calls were ran by 911 trucks. So a third of them has been taken over by the, has been handled by the 911 division. So I'm thinking just sort of global picture here. Um, you have, it seems like you have two different kinds of complaints about Chief Torcell and Deputy Chief. Uh, complaint number one is um, the, just the way they deal with people is, is, is unacceptable. Complaint number two is we have systemic structural problems in the way we're handling our basic core task which are causing stress, like can't take leave, like can't end your shift when time comes, that puts additional stress on the people on top of the fact that we're all, we feel like we're not being treated very well. If somehow or other the county commission just like doubled, I mean, I know it's funded by, it's not funded this way, but you know, if you had twice as much money available, you could hire more people, you could have more trucks. How much would that solve the issue versus Hospitals don't have enough capacity, therefore they create the holding the wall challenge. Transfers from brand new freestanding ERs that require ambulances because other, you know they can't transport their own people necessarily. And so the hospitals have created a bit of a problem by these useful, convenient locations, but that require then EMS to get you from one to the other. How much of the problem would still exist even if all of that stuff was solved? The stuff that's kind of outside of the Chief, Tom, uh, uh, of, um, uh, Chief Torcell's ability. I think that having staff on the road would would get rid of a lot of our problems because we just need more of it. We actually we need more transfer division apparatus. We need more nine one one division. We as the union don't believe that we should get rid of the transfers. We understand it's a revenue stream, and we understand that that brings money into the organization, which in turn pay raises apparatus and those sorts of things. But it, it needs to be two separate divisions. So. Putting more bodies on the road to handle calls will will ultimately fix our road problems, but nobody wants to come here because word travels across the Gulf Coast. You know, yeah. I don't know if I want to go over there and I'd see how they're being treated by the administration. 
because you're not treated as a as a human being when you come here. So we we can try to add all we want to, but until there's some humanity brought back into this organization that deals so intricately with the ups and downs and ins and outs of new life being brought in and old life being taken out, sure are lacking the humanity here. So what I hear you saying, and just we're just totally out of time, but thank it's been really really helpful for me to get a, a grip on the on the problem. Um, yes, more money, more trucks, better hospital capacity, all of that will help. But even if all of that were not the issue, um, the simple leadership management, and you said humanity, you know, many, many, many times, uh, that's a deal breaker, which I assume is why you had the vote of no confidence that it's not just a matter of getting the commissioners to do something. It's a matter of getting the commissioners to do a different person and different leadership from your point of view. That's, that's, that's where you're at. Is that right? Correct. The the people on the road that are working every day know how to do this job, and they're going to continue to do this job because we love to do this job. But we just need somebody better in there to help grow this organization in more ways than just financially. Well, it's a lot of stuff to think about. Very useful information. Chad Stimmel, he's the president of the EMS union here in Escambia County. Chad, thank you for helping me understand things better. Uh, And, you know, me, I'm always trying to do whatever I can to make it better because we're all the customers. (laughs) We're all the customers of this particular service. Uh, Chad, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I just want to say one more quick thing, if you don't mind, uh, not to toot our own horn or anything here, but the the e-board that's running the local union has – over 65 years of public safety experience combined between all of us, and 60 of those are in Escambia County. So we live here. We work here. We've been involved with this agency, whether it be in fire, uh, you know, the fire side or EMS side. We want to see it grow. We've seen where it's been, and we've seen where it's at now, and it, it needs to be better. We, we know what Escambia County is, and we want to make it better. I appreciate that. And that's, you know, I mean, I certainly believe that that's the case across. And, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm going to always support the first responders uh, if we can make, because if their lives are better, then their service is going to be better and our lives are going to be better. So, uh, Chad, again, thank you so much for the time, sir. Thanks for, um, you know, give us the information. And like I said, we'll keep doing whatever we can do to make things better for you. Absolutely. We appreciate you having us on. Appreciate you listening. And uh, we're going to keep continue this fight. So, absolutely. We're here for it. 655 here on News Radio 923. Jake, let's get traffic before we go to the break. Go ahead, sir. All right. I'm not seeing anything on our roadways to tell you about. No major slowdowns or accidents reported by FHP. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly, coming out of Milton through Pace this morning on Highway 90. Uh, we did get a report in from the uh, traffic tip line here just a second ago that the uh, the uh, causeway between, let's see, what was that? Between Pace and Pensacola is really, really foggy this morning. So thank you, uh, listener, for letting us know about that. Uh, Just be careful out there on your roadways. I'm Jake Walker with your Traffic on the Fives. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. 
for a short month. February sure has a lot going on. The big game, Mardi Gras, Valentine's, and President's Day, to name a few. So, what else can we celebrate? How about a very low interest rate and $500 cash when you finance a 2024 Volkswagen at Piedmore Imports? That's right. Piedmore Imports now offers 1.9% financing for 48 months on all 2024 Tiguan and Taos models, plus $500 customer cash. The 2024 Tiguan S from 29101 and financing for 1.9% at 48 months. The 2024 Taos S from 24991 and 1.9% financing at 48 months. Plus the 2024 Volkswagen Jetta S now from 22481 with available financing of 1.9 at 48 months. These deals won't last long, so hurry to feed more imports. They're not in Car City, but at 106 New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rates and bonus cash for qualifying credit. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out tomorrow morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information about this tomorrow morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. All the big national news in a conversation with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins from 11 till 2 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> we were <laughs> we we were Computer. talking about gas prices. And we're just skipping them because so, we're so late in the uh, in the show here. But um, man, I'll tell you, that's um that's pretty sobering information to hear from the president of the EMS. You know, obviously we'll talk to uh, Wes Moreno tomorrow about this. Uh, I think out of all of it, I was the most, I don't know, shocked in a negative way. Sorry about that. I don't oh, there know it that's is. Yeah, okay. Uh, most shocked in a negative way that uh, they say nobody's really gone over to investigate these allegations in the last, since the letter came out. Not commissioners, not Director of Public Safety Gilmore, not Administrator Moreno, not Chief Torcell. I mean, if that's true, that's extra bad. Um Aside from all of the allegations, right? Because that would be the first thing is we got this big problem. Let's fix this problem. And that's, of course, what Wes told us. But I'll talk to him tomorrow. We'll find out more. Um, I'm Andrew McKay. Hey, we'll be back. Steve will have your local news coming up next right after Fox. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.